Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hello and good morning. Welcome to ESPN 1000 on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all. Looks like another beautiful day. Father's Day came early yesterday for baseball fans in Chicago, Brian. It's uh, Brian Hanley and Mark Zander. Cubs, winners, Sox, winners. Which surprised you more, Brian? Uh, boy, I, uh, I I guess it well, that's a tough. That, that's a good Twitter poll question. That's yeah. I mean, you know, stealing one from the Braves is you know maybe dumb luck, but Justin and, Steele and, and came look, out. They, they're two. They're they've won two in the series. That's what the I'm Cubs saying. Two, against the Braves, two. what? The Braves have just won 14 straight and right. you know hit home runs every day, and they they had only hit a couple so far. Um, I you know my system failed me yesterday for the first time where the Cubs were up to zip and I went to my and you were lap. bragging about that system so hard yesterday well, it's, it's a, and that came to get you it it bit me in the butt yesterday and and it's okay but it's okay. Uh, your it, your betting average is still pretty solid exactly right I'm playing with house money I, I mean look if it was a perfect system uh you know I'd be betting a lot more but. God bless him. They, you know, Wilson Contreras and great storyline with he and his brother playing. Oh uh, yeah, that's to, awesome. That hug. I mean, if yeah. you know, if you don't yeah. appreciate that when they're hugging, you know, William is catching for the Braves and he's having a really good season, maybe an All Star type season. Wilson is certainly having an All Star All Star type season. So a lot to like there. Uh, get an early lead and keep adding to it. Every time you thought the Braves it was four two, that they may be going to climb back in this thing and win it, and then down in Houston. Johnny Cueto. Absolutely. I you mean, that's, me, if anybody that's says, how it's done. Who's our number one pitcher right now? I know the ERA doesn't show the whole story, but I'm telling you, Cueto is leading by example. He's showing the other pitchers that you have to go deep in the game. Yep. You have to work it. You have to pitch and be okay with contact and make sure, well, uh, not make sure, but hope your your defense will take care of the job. And and we've seen, you know, nobody's better at trying to paint the corners than Dylan Cease. And and sometimes he just he he pitches to avoid contact. And Cueto shows you that it's okay to mix it up and try and not necessarily avoid contact and trust your defense. Yeah, I mean, terrific. And it's his first win on the season, which is criminal because he doesn't get much run support. He did yesterday, and it was yes, just you know, yeah, it's just it was taking, it was good. Take advantage of whatever Verlander yeah. was giving you. So you just, you know, single here, single here. And it's oh, Verlander, too. Yeah. And it? Abreu beats up on Verlander. And that's been a story for a while. And it was so great to see it again. Uh, you know, it, it, and that just goes to show you. It's a day-by-day proposition for baseball teams. And we ride this day-by-day, right? Yesterday, we were pretty upset. 13-3. to That was a, a battering. And, and then all of a sudden... We blank the Astros at their park against Verlander? Are you kidding me? That just goes to show you we could do it. We could do it without Anderson and Mancata and Jimenez. And you didn't abuse the bullpen, as you said, you know, Cueto goes seven, and then yep. you just – that's know. key. That is so key moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a lot to like about yesterday. Uh, yep. Mancata had the MRI. Tony says there's something there, and you know, because when you get an MRI, have you ever had an MRI, Mark? 
<laughs> I have not had the pleasure. Not yet. Okay, yeah, it's it, it feels like there's the the noise is like a jackhammer. You know, they tell you like perfectly still. And don't and worry about just, the noise. Yeah, and but the one thing about MRI is whenever they say, well, we'll have to wait for the results, the guy doing the MRI can tell you what the results are. Now, he won't because he's not a doctor. He's I not mean, a doctor. He has to pass it on to the right, right people to be able to give you the right message. But I've had a couple, right, on knees and stuff, and they kind of give you, well, you know, it, it, your doctor will tell you, but, you know, it's not as bad as it could have been or, you know, you're okay. Right. Uh, they know. And, and Tony just did say there's something there. But they're going to give it a couple of days before they hit, don't want to put them on the IL. But but um, you know what's going to happen, right? Tim Anderson shows up, uh, fingers crossed, tomorrow, as they said. And when that happens, uh, he'll go on the IL. And, and, you know, Danny Mendick, he was part of it again yesterday. And, right. you know. Put him, he has earned starting second base. Yep. And, if we, and if seriously, if Tony does not do that, I would expect fans who are seeing what is really obvious to be pretty upset because he's yeah. earned it. He's earned it. And you know, that Andrew Vaughn has come out of nowhere. Uh, maybe you didn't know. <laughs> I heard that yeah. on Apple TV the other night. Yes. Uh, yes, you did. Uh, he, he, came out of nowhere with three, he came out of nowhere with three singles yesterday too. And, and, you know, his you know, seven game hit streak. Uh, yeah. Coming out of nowhere, but he's pretty good. Uh, the, this, yeah, I the, think uh, he's going to be, I think he's going to be okay. I think the word is not out about him yet. Nobody <laughs> knows he won the golden spikes award. Nobody you might want to keep a high draft pick. Keep your eye on that guy. Uh, yeah, because we'll do that. ESPN 1000 has learned he's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, being father's day, Brian, uh, and, and maybe you need a little time to think about this, but if you have a favorite sports memory, with your dad, as I remember, you came from a family of like you. There are like thirty-two kids, something like that. A lot yeah, of nine. Kids. Yeah, it, oh, it, yeah, I'm well, sure at times it nine or thirty-two. Like, I'm sure. For my mom and dad, I'm sure it felt like the, the thirty-two at times. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. If you have a favorite sports memory with your dad, uh, you know we can uh, ask everybody to share theirs. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. My dad's been gone for twenty, coming up on twenty-six years now. Yeah, my dad certainly has twenty favorite. years. Yeah, I certainly have some favorite um, sports memories with my dad. So we'll be sharing them throughout the show. We're here till noon. You know what I just did? I made this mistake of of, uh, right before the show of listening to Dan Fogelberg's leader of the band. You don't want to do that. No, you know what I don't want to do that. You know what I did right before the show? I cut some audio together that we'll be hearing of uh, just favorite, you know, favorite uh, famous sound from movies and such. And there's one that every time, every time it gets me, and it was 9.30, I look and I go, oh, my God, what am I, I doing? Of course, right. why didn't I do this earlier? But yeah. I did. And, and if you're a sports fan and, 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 and we all have dads, and hopefully you had a dad that was just, uh, you know, what dads should be, it, it'll bring a tear to your eye. It certainly did again to me today every single time I hear it. Yeah, I think most of us are blessed with walking saints as, as dads and moms, certainly. But on Father's Day, you know, those memories are, are just, you know, absolutely wonderful, right? Yeah, yeah, they are. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have all three kids who are well into their 20s and busy people coming to visit their dad today. And uh, we're going to spend some time. I had two last night. And uh, number three do comes a TikTok today video? and we're going to hang around. I mean, you know what? I mean, uh, certainly the girls are on TikTok. They may tell well, maybe me. You can they've, do, had just me get, they've had me do Twitch. some stupid things on video. So now, how, about you, may, how about you do yeah. a Twitch special? Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, Xander and the kids. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope it would be entertaining to everybody else. It certainly would be to me. Uh, 312-332-3776 if you want to share any dad stories and, and obviously talk about what a great day yesterday for both the Northsiders and the Southsiders. Of course, we always are concerned, what is it going to look like tomorrow? And tomorrow is today. And we're playing the Braves again for a day three. What a dream it would be if the Cubs can get a sweep, Ryan. Yeah, uh, and 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 Mike Michael Kopech going to win the series. It's six and one road trip. I mean, even that Friday one, you know, left a scar. It felt like you lost three, but six and one, you'll take it, right? And you yep. win a series yep. at Houston for the first time in forever. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've got a lot to look forward to today. But you know what, Kopech. We're just so snake bitten, right? You get you get a Kopech who steps off the mound, faces what two batters last start. He has that uh, that bad fall off the mound, screws up his knee. We're worried about his knee, but we trust the people. Well, that, they trained uh, it. Uh, that, that, there, there was uh, some fluid. He pinched a yes, cyst. Yes. They right, had right. And I've never had that done, and I know that's painful. Actually, actually, my mom has had that done, and she hasn't pitched in years. Which is really odd, but <laughs> she's under she's she's on a pitch count. Uh, yeah, no, she's her, yeah. definitely on a pitch count, uh, ten or twelve, and that's all she's got. <laughs> but uh, you know, it is it is painful, but we trust that uh, the right people, the trainers, staff, and everything with the White Sox have it right, and he's ready to pitch. You know, he's a competitor. He wants to be out there. He wants to go. <laughs> more than two batters this time and to win one against Houston we just need that run support and we've seen it and yesterday it was done with a bunch of singles and doubles which yep. is really nice to see small ball working right everybody swinging um and again we we're missing some big bats Tim Anderson coming back tomorrow that will be great if that's if if we're on track for that that's great but today we saw yesterday that we can get it done against the Astros, the scariest team we're going to face as far as I'm concerned on our way to the uh, promised land. I'm not sure we're going to get there this year. But a, it was the nice promised, land's, promised land's 500 today. You get 500, the 500. Yeah, the promised land, yeah, one step at a time, Brian. The promised Ten. land is definitely 500 today, and it could happen behind Kopech. And, uh, yeah, to win a series down there, even though that first game was ugly, would be really, really important. You're going to see Three 500 – for the first time since May. Is that possible? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's possible. It unfortunately, yeah. it is. But and, and we don't we don't have to ruminate about the 1983 season, but the 1983 season for the Sox, if you remember, uh, and, and I listened to a podcast recently that uh, brought this all back for me. You know, they were pretty rough at about this time. They were actually oh, yeah. uh, in, in a few different ways were in worse shape than what we're seeing the White Sox right now. Yep, no doubt. So, you know, here, here, get to 500 and then start climbing above 500. One, yeah, one game at a time. And those games against the Guardians and the Twins are, uh, those are the most important games. It's good to win against the Astros because it's, it's a measuring stick. But those games against the Central, you can't win. You can't lose those anymore. No more. You're better than I am. Byron Buxton, Buxton is. You're better than I am. When I to say Guardians, it takes me a second to even formulate that word. The word, you know, like, yeah. You, just, you know, surprisingly, they came easy for me right now, and I don't yeah. know why. And I'm, I'm, I'm great. It's not like I have a note in front of myself, and I am pretty surprised. But uh, I'll take it because I screw up a lot. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. 
312-332-3776. You can always watch Twitch day or night. And and we're brought to us, uh, Twitch is brought to us by Alta Equipment this week. And uh, Jake is here producing the show. We've got a couple of polls that we have up, Brian. And uh, and now I've got to pull pull the uh, Twitter poll up here. You had one about the Bulls. Which what was that? Yeah, we have a the, we have a draft. Yeah, we're going to talk night. to Tyler. We're going to talk yeah, to Tyler Rocky, right? Our, our, he is the president of Basketball U here at ESPN One Thousand. He is he, he is. knows all things college hoops, all yeah. prospects. He will. Uh, will give us his take on who's going to be available around that number 18 spot that the Bulls sit in currently. I I don't think they're going to move up. I don't know that they would move back necessarily. I assume they're going to just sit there and take take uh, a player at 18. But uh, Tyler will give us an idea of who should be around and if uh, of that group, who he would take. Is, is there somebody there that you would move up to get because you absolutely think that guy is going to be a difference maker? So you mortgage some of your future to do that. Tyler will fill in the blanks for us. That's Thursday. We have the big draft and, yeah. and uh, AK has uh, one of our Twitter polls. He has, you know, he's Patrick Williams, number four overall in 2020. And then he got IO last year. Nice steal in the second round who became a, a contributor right away for the bulls. So what grade would you give AK and his staff uh, to this point, and you know, small sample size, we get it, but he's the man. You know, be the man again on Thursday. Would you give him an A, a B, a C, or a fail slash incomplete? Those are your four <laughs> choices. Yeah, okay. And we've got another poll. What's the best father-son combo in MLB history? We've got Bobby Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey Senior and Junior, Vlad Guerrero Senior or Junior, or other. And there are others. And if you want to hit other and give us your vote. There, a uh, write-in vote. That would be great, too, at uh, ESPN 1000 on Twitter. We will come back and take your phone calls. Let's talk Cubs. Let's talk Sox. We'll get around to talking Bulls draft with Tyler Aki. That's coming up at 1030 here on ESPN 1000. It's Xander and Hanley. Happy Father's Day. We'll be right back to take your calls. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. Hey, Brian, that's from Star Wars. Never saw it. Never saw it. (laughs) Yes, that's uh, Darth breaking the news to Luke. And what's really ironic for me in my life, my my son-in-law's name is Luke. So I need to call him and say, Luke, I am your father-in-law. Yeah, do the voice, too. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that today. I think I'll do that. And he went on to do Arby's commercials. Yes, um, he did. Yes, he did. And and CNN. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, I can't imagine uh, what uh, we got. The we have the meat. How much he's getting paid for that? Uh, no, yeah, that, that's not actually him. That's oh, not, is it? No, it's 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 a ripoff of him. Oh, but that's not actually him. Uh, but he did do CNN. He's done a lot of great things. Uh, that is, uh, I, yeah, I, there, there was yeah, on Twitter Mr. yesterday. Jones. Someone asked the question of uh, name a great movie or, or you know one of the most well-known movies 
that you have never seen. And I said, any of the Star Wars movies. So, um, And did you get absolutely pummeled for that? I, I, well, Jay Cantu, our great young pro, uh, producer, said he brought it up. He didn't really finish the thought, but he, I think it was a little incredulous. I think that's where it was going with it, like what adult I am. But yeah, and then the you obvious- said Christmas Story after, and I couldn't believe that either. Yeah, yeah Christmas Story. That. Are you kidding me? No, never saw that. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, obviously, I've heard that clip before because you know, I, because I'm I'm breathing and you know aware of things, but I don't. I've never sat down and watched Star Wars movie any of them. So okay, and, and it's, is it going to happen anytime soon? No, probably not. not You're going to try to make life. it to the finish line. <laughs> not in this lifetime. <laughs> okay, pretty, right. there's. Very few things I'm certain of. That's one of them. Okay. I know. All right. yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. If you've got a favorite sports memory with your dad, please share it with us. Brian, have you come up with anything specific you'd like to share before we get back into uh, baseball on this a beautiful Father's Day? Do the Tatis combo is that too too? Uh, this uh, the wound still open for it? Is that uh... Uh, I, I, look? It's not a wound for me. Okay, I, I know if if uh, it's a Rick Carmen wound. DeFalco. If Carmen DeFalco were here, I think it's an open wound for him. Yeah. I think Jeff Meller, it's still a wound, a wound for him. Look, we have him at sixteen or seventeen years old. I mean, there's uh-huh. no way you're going to know what that is now. In hindsight, sure, but did we have that information at the time? No. No, so I. Well, you weren't going to pay him. You weren't going to pay him either. So, right, it's not an open wound for me. But uh, if yeah, if anybody has a um, you know a a sports story involving their dad, that would be great. I remember my dad did not like baseball. I mean, he liked it, but he much rather watch football. He always wanted constant action. So I grew up playing baseball. So he played catch with me begrudgingly. But he played catch with me, and he never really was able to, you know, show me anything baseball-wise. But right, he did right. play for a Lindblom here in the city back in the 50s, uh, and, and back then when you played in high school. And I think probably when I went to the high school in the 80s, too, you played both both sides. But he, he was a linebacker, and I can't remember what he played wow. on offense. But he did get scouted by some you colleges, and, didn't want to so miss, football he, was his game. You don't want to miss with pop mess with Pop Xander, linebacker. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. And, and guess who his favorite player was? Uh, he uh, he wore number fifty one. Of course he did. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, his favorite player was Dick Buckkiss. Well, of course he was. Yeah. <laughs> to the day he died, that was his favorite player, and he loved loved Walter Payton. And uh, he was gone by the time Walter passed away. But I'll tell you something. Talk about tears. Watching that thing, it's uh, that uh, that ceremony at Soldier Field, uh, you know, when Walter died, uh, I, you couldn't scrape me off the floor. That was just, yeah. just awful. Just no, awful, I, I, awful, awful. My dad coached Little League for us, um, you know, not not because he was – I mean, he loved baseball. He loved all sports. And, and some of the greatest memories were going to – the first time he got tickets to the old stadium to even there were obstructed view seats up in the balcony were sitting behind a post or whatever. You're watching the, the Blackhawks in the early seventies when they were really good. And, and, you know, the excitement when he said, you know, we're going to the Hawks game and, and we went down to pizza Rio Uno or duo and they had a double decker bus take us to the, um, Oh, that's great. What a great, yeah, that, what a great night. And, and the first time we walk up the steps at Wrigley and having just seen Cubs games in black and white, you know, on TV and yeah. the, the whole color palette of green and 
you know, everything is just like in awe. He actually, the first baseball game he took us to was out, out uh, Old Comiskey, even though he was a Cubs fan. I think my uncle was more of a Sox fan. He got tickets. So my first baseball game uh, was at Old Comiskey, and, and that didn't take when I when I went to Wrigley. I mean, I was more of a Cubs fan because they were available on TV after school every day. But those are the memories. And like my dad wasn't a great baseball player growing up or anything, but he he always jumped in when you know no one else wanted to coach. He was he'd come home from work after you know trying to earn enough money to raise nine kids, and he would drag his body over to the park over at Keystone and you know coach uh, little league for us. What well, was his favorite sport? Baseball, you would say then. I, I would say that until uh, a lot of us got out of the house and then he started playing golf. And then that was definitely his favorite sport Okay, <laughs> from then on. Well, as far as to watch and, and to be, uh, you know, get your kids involved. Yeah, uh, football was for my dad, but he, he did like all sports. He liked the action. I remember he brought me to see Dr. J in 1983 when Artis Gilmore was still playing Reggie yeah. Theus. We went to see it because I really wanted to see Dr. J. And uh, that's that's a great memory as far as uh, sports go in in sports goes. And when he did like baseball, he liked the White Sox because his grandfather was part of the grounds crew. Wow. In the 40s. Yeah. 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 So we've got a nice uh, family tie. I remember my dad took us to to the Bulls game. It wasn't the F there. It was old Coliseum. Um, when oh wow! Uh, that's how that was on. Uh, what was that on uh, State Street? Yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, and, yeah, down south in South Loop. Yeah, he loved he loved Tom Borwinkle because he just liked the way he played. I mean, the, the, no, no, no one passed as well as Tom Borwinkle from the post, right? But he just liked that guys who weren't necessarily you know guys out there putting the ball in the hoop. He just liked the guys who did all the dirty work and made the rest of the team better, right? And he would point that out as you were watching, you know, early Bulls teams that weren't very good, but it was always fun to go to places like that. Yeah, yeah, as long as you're with dad. And uh, you know what? Uh, salute to all the dads that got us into sports, whether uh, passively or, you know, quite actively. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate sports because my dad sounds like you do the same. Jake, any uh, favorite stories about uh, – uh, your pops getting you uh, involved in sports. Obviously, you know a little about sports. You're here at ESPN 1000. It's just kind of to, to branch off of y'all, it, uh, again, resetting. I'm originally from Dallas, so my dad was lucky enough to get tickets through work for all four of the, the sports, the uh, team sports there. So, just, oh, yeah, you know, getting, yeah. getting the excitement of uh, knowing we're going to go to a Stars or Mavericks game after school was, you know, something my dad would surprise me of. And he's a huge collector, so... He has a huge Cowboys room, and that kind of wow. like inspired me. Uh, and he would take me on, obviously, Who's use his me as a little guinea pig. Oh, favorite Cowboy in history. God, you just put me on the spotlight. Because uh, if I say he, the wrong one, no, it's no, mad that's at me. okay. Just say, no, just take a guess. Is he listening? Probably is. Uh, you know what, though? Well, happy Father's I, I, Day. I would probably have Thanks, to say uh, Emmett Smith for him. Uh, and he has well, a lot that's of. A good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah sure. A lot you of can't autographs miss with on that him. Smith. Uh, but yeah, just some of those, those are just some of the memories of just him surprising me with tickets. And obviously he would spoil me and he would take me to eat before the game and give me a little popcorn bucket and soda at the game. And the gift shop was a, a, a nice little stop. A is must the stop. Cowboys, Cowboys room still intact? Is it, uh, ex- 
continue to be expanded or what happens? You know what? They're moving right now, so it's going to get bigger. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> no garage sale for the... No, uh, no, 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 no. Because no. that stuff will get passed down to me, and uh, I'm a huge collector on that. So, yeah, the Cowboys room is going to eventually grow even more. What What would be the prize possession in that? In that? Because yesterday we, we didn't get to talk about it on the air. You, you texted a picture of a Cubs cap that was $200, and I said during the break, why is that $200? It just looks like you're run-of-the-mill Cubs cap. Um, but your dad's a collector. What do you think is his prized possession that, that might actually be worth a lot more than he paid for it or whenever he got it? It's not a Cowboys thing. It's actually a Rangers. Uh, it's a framed picture of uh, George Bush. Uh, obviously, both, both of them signed on an autographed baseball with Nolan Ryan. So there's like three different okay, signs. Back when they when the Bush family owned it. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's all like a photograph. It's framed and then the baseball sit in the actual like it's a bulky frame. So it's all signed and everything uh, by the Bushes and uh, Nolan Ryan. You know yeah, what I would was- like to get? I would like to get a Nolan Ryan uh, picture signed as he was beating up on Robin Ventura. I he's wonder if Robin business. Would, yeah. He's yeah, I wonder if Robin would sign that. I'm sure Robin would be like, Nuggies. get that away yeah. from me. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Uh yeah, I'll talk about dads and how they've gotten us into sports if you want to share any of that. We're gonna hear some Sox audio. It was an exciting day yesterday down in Houston. When we get back, we'll hear from I think we've got some Tony LaRusso audio and uh we'll definitely talk about Johnny Cueto. Pretty much a stud yesterday. We needed that kind of outing from a Sox pitcher, and we needed to give the bullpen a little rest. And, and you know, we didn't use the bullpen too much. So hey, we'll Ronaldo talk about Lopez that. Has stood up again. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'll tell you something. Boy, he has really found his, uh, his uh, spot here. And I just wish we had more of them because you've got, uh, you've got other players that are not. Um, they are not doing, you know, other bullpen uh, members that are not quite delivering but we can count on Reynaldo and we're going to we're going to um you know talk about that and get some other audio here on ESPN 1000 we'll be right back ESPN 1000 Chicago's home for sports follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000 this day Hanley and Xander, joined by Todd Araki, ESPN 1000's very own, to talk about Bulls draft potential, what it's going to look like coming this Thursday. Tyler, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. Happy Father's Day to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, so what are you looking forward to? What's going to, I mean, you know, there are a lot of potential here. We've heard, uh, we've heard, uh, you know, rumors about maybe some trades. What are they going to do with Zach Levine? What is your take on the best situation for the Bulls come Thursday? Well, come Thursday, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bulls trade this pick, whether it's in a package for a Rudy Gobert or somebody else out there. I really. I'm looking at where the Bulls sit at 18, and there's not a whole lot that intrigues me per se. I think when you look at this draft class, once you get past 14 or 15, that's when the intrigue really starts to drop off for me. But at 18, there could be some guys that drop, and I think that when you look at what AK and Eversley 
have done, they they really have been kind of close to the vest with all of their draft picks. Even Patrick Williams, their first pick that they took, he was someone that was kind of a surprise to some Bulls fans. And then Io DeSumo, uh the next year, I don't think it was necessarily a surprise with DeSumo, but they were more sh- more so shocked that he dropped. So both of the picks that, that they have made really have been somewhat of surprises early on in their tenures. You know, it's interesting you say that, Tyler, about trading the pick to get a player instead of, you know, you know, trading up to get a better pick is Casey Johnson, my buddy at NBC Sports Chicago, is doing draft previews, was at the combine, you know, talking to all the the players and, and GMs and everything. And his sense is that the Bulls are not launching vooches and going anywhere, that they're going to stick and try to Keep the continuity, hope that Zach Levine comes back healthy and with a max contract, and that's up to Zach whether he wants to or not. But that would make sense if you're going to stay the course, you know, that you would add a, an NBA player who can help you immediately. You know, uh, today Joe Colley in the Sun-Times wrote that if he stayed 18, E.J. Lydell would be a, uh, make a lot of sense when we talk about him. But a guy I like is Mark Williams, and he projects, Joe projects him at 15, or some people have him as high as 10. Um, is there a guy that you would hope would be there, uh, you know, or, or realistically would be there that you would be intrigued by? There's a couple guys. And, and Brian, one of them you brought up right there, Mark Williams. I would love to see him slip to 18 now. I think he played too well during the tournament and as well as along with the end of the season that I don't think he'll be available once once the Bulls are picking at 18. But a couple other guys really catch my eye, too. Jalen Duran is someone who I'm really intrigued by. He's a freshman from Memphis. He's kind of that Robert Williams type, and it feels like the Bulls need someone like that, a rim runner, super athletic. He can jump out of the gym. He's a really good interior presence as well. So he could be a really strong two-way player for you there. Not as good offensively right now, but I don't think you need a ton of offensive production. If you can just get a guy that can do some of the dirty work, I would love to see Jalen Duran uh, fall to the Bulls at 18. A couple other guys that intrigue me is Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. I don't know if he'll drop to the Bulls, though, because I think he's one of those guys who he's got length, he's got athleticism, he's kind of got everything that these NBA execs love these days, the, the 3 and D type of player. Um, and then another guy that I'm intrigued by is Terry Eason from LSU. He's been one of the guys that's been mocked to the Bulls in a lot of drafts. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who he's interesting because LSU over the last two seasons, and Terry Eason's been a Tiger each of the last two seasons. But identity-wise, LSU has been two completely different teams. Two years ago, they were all offense and no defense. I think they averaged north of 80 points per game. Um, points scoring, and then they also were averaging in the the high 70s in terms of points allowed. But this past season, LSU was one of the best defensive teams in the country and one of the few common denominators between two years ago and a year ago is Tari Eason, and I think he's a big part of that. He can play defense really well on the perimeter, um, and he can give you some interior scoring as well. So I wouldn't mind having a Tari Eason on this team, athletic wing, He's not a big guy, but he plays bigger than his size. He comes in at about six foot seven, but he plays much bigger than that. Tyler, uh, I'm saying ESPN did a mock draft, uh, ESPN National, and Jalen Williams is coming mm-hmm. up. What 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 are your thoughts on uh, that that potential? Yeah, so 
for just so everyone's clear here, there's actually two Jalen Williams in this draft. The Jalen Williams that you're talking about, Xander, is from yeah. Santa Clara. Yep. Yeah. There's another one from Arkansas. Uh, but is there he, really two? Yeah. That's so, uh, but the but the one from Santa Clara is a guy who he could be one of those late blooming talents and someone too who kind of. It feels a little similar to an Io DeSumo, not in terms of skill set, but in terms of process. A guy who just kept getting better and better. Now, Jalen Williams playing at Santa Clara, very different than playing at Illinois, but mm-hmm. really good shooter. I, I watched a lot of him. He was really good in the, the WCC tournament as well. Um, but he's a guy who is really physical. And I, I really like a Jalen Williams. A lot of people think he could be one of the next mid-major to star type of players. But he's one of the guys that he can play both ends of the floor. And I think that's what the Bulls are really looking for as well. You look at their draft history. They've gotten guys that play both ends of the floor. And I think when you're looking at this 18th pick, when you're drafting at 18, you're not drafting a guy that's going to win you a championship. You're drafting a role player in all likelihood here, a guy who is probably going to come off the bench at least for the first couple seasons of his career and you hope that by year late year two maybe year three or four he is a guy who can be a a focal point in the starting line I I look at I think one team that's done this really well recently is Phoenix and what they've done with developing Cam Johnson as well as Mikhail Bridges and bringing those guys along those guys were drafted in the back ends of the lottery and they ended up being really really important players for a team that contends for a championship each of the past two seasons. And I would like to see the Bulls go out and try to find one of those guys who can shoot like Cam and Mikhail can and also play the other end of the floor really well, too. You know, uh, E.J. Liddell said at the at the Combine that he's really been working on his corner three. And I know it's a football school, Ohio State, and some people aren't even happy that Justin Fields came from there because, he, you know, right. he's a quarterback from Ohio State. Right, and but, every quarterback coming out of there is – Damn to be good for the rest of the, uh, you know, uh, rest here's of time. Hoping, here's hoping that he's changing that. Um, yes, but, right. But, you know, Joe Kelly wrote that Patrick Williams needs to be pushed. Now, take that in for a second. But that's not a reason to draft this kid. But every year he's he's worked on his shooting in particular. He's 6'7", 243. His percentage has gone up each and every year. He had a supposedly uh, reportedly had a really good workout with the Bulls, which you can't wait too much into it because when I was covering the Bulls, Al Horford had a really good workout with the Bulls, and they ended up with Joe Keem, which was fine. But you know, it, it, back then you're like Al Horford was the NBA body ready to go, um, so you don't know right. what goes into this. But it, give me a, a scouting report, and is he worth a pick at 18, or is that uh, reaching a little bit? So at 18, I'm not a huge EJ Liddell fan, but I think for the role that he could fill, it might be a a nice fit with the Bulls. You know, Waddle talked about this a couple of weeks ago during the NBA playoffs, and it's like it's the revival of the linebacker in the NBA, right? You've got a guy like Grant Williams. You had Desmond Bain with Memphis, just guys that are really physically filled out, um, but they can also shoot the three ball really well. And that's something that Liddell, like you mentioned, Brian, he went back to school to improve on that. And he plays the other end of the floor really well yep. too. So I wouldn't mind. I think the fit is there. While I personally, I, I just like other options more that could be available. Like I think I would rather see the bulls take a chance on Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, as opposed to an EJ Liddell. Both of them are fine players. Both of them could have very long NBA careers as well. Like these guys seem like guys that they're never going to be stars, but 
they're going to be really nice role pieces, and you can see them on a championship contender. Do you like the idea that they're going to stick with the core and and not make any? They just kind of, as Casey wrote, you know, work the edges and and base it that, that it's going to get better and maybe you know everyone's going to get healthy and on and on you go. But that's the the direction that Casey believes they're going to take. I think you got to you got to shake something up, and I'm not saying it has to be drastic, but something's got to change. I think with the core of Booch. Demar and Levine, something there's got to got to shake up a little bit because, and, and I wouldn't necessarily take everything that AK said as a hundred percent because we've seen not necessarily they they kind of operate on a don't ask don't tell basis I think because a lot of the things that we've seen have sort of come out of nowhere with this front office so far. I mean, you look at pretty much the only move that they have made that you could say oh, I could have predicted that was signing Lonzo Ball. Outside of that, everything's been out of left field with this front office. So I think that if – I think we could see some sort of big move with this Bulls team in the offseason. And it may center around a, a package that features this 18th overall pick, which I mentioned earlier, you're not drafting the next star of this team at 18. I don't think you're going to find that in this draft. You could find a nice role piece, but he may not be – this is a team that if you're going to go for it, you got to go for it right now. You don't know how much DeMar DeRozan's got left in the tank moving forward. Zach Levine, we've seen the, the knee injury there, but all indications seem like he's going to be back with the Bulls. And you don't know what the timeline's going to be with a guy like Lonzo Ball. What, how healthy is that knee going to be moving forward? I think you got to go for it within the next year or two. And if that means moving on from this 18th pick, then so be it. Yeah, to and your Kobe point. might, might be uh, involved in that uh, package oh, if yeah. that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's the case, right? Yeah. 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 To your point, Tyler, uh, that the day they made the Vooch uh, trade, Jesse and I were filling in for uh, Cap and Jay Hood, and something came across uh, the wire, the internet, that also in Orlando might make him available. And literally ten minutes later, when we were about to do transition with uh, Carmen Yurk, the Bulls had traded for him. And so yeah. you know, they, they, you know, no one saw that coming. It wasn't on anyone's radar. And the name pops, and next thing you know, the Bulls have got him. Whether even, that's good even, or bad now, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Even the DeMar DeRozan move last offseason, Alex Caruso last offseason, those were kind of out of nowhere. And, I, listen, I, I, obviously the, the DeRozan move has paid off in a big way. I think Caruso has been a fantastic addition as well. And even though he's been injured, having Lonzo Ball on this team, I mean, the, the front office has made a lot of very – significant moves here early on and trying to tear this thing down from the studs and build it into a playoff contender in just a year. Well, in AK, we trust Tyler Rocky. Thanks for joining us and talk about the NBA. Uh, the draft is coming up Thursday. Anything special planned for you uh, regarding the draft on ESPN 1000? I don't believe so. Just because I know we've got White Sox baseball on oh, yeah. Thursday, yeah. so yeah, unless yeah. unless there's some weather on on Thursday that's planned, I, I don't think there will be any sort of draft special. But I'm sure you'll you'll hear from me as well as a number of other people throughout the week talking yep. all things NBA draft here on ESPN. And who's going to win the U.S. Open? I'm sure everyone on the golf listens to the golf show, and you should every Sunday here on ESPN 1000. But Quite quite a little uh, crowd on the leaderboard. Uh, everyone's got a shot going in the final round. Yeah, way different than what we saw at the PGA Championship in the last major. But I think that Will Zalatoris can do it. I, I'm rooting for Will just because he's been second so many times. It feels like he's due for one of those first-place finishes. So I'm really rooting for Will, but I wouldn't count out Scotty Scheffler either.
Good to have money on Scotty. Good man to have money on because, I mean, he, he's played just about par, and today's one of those days with the weather out there in Brookline, Massachusetts. If you're shooting around par, you could come away victorious today. Right on, Tyler. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. we got to get to break. Come back. We will take your phone calls, 312-332-3776. Talking baseball, we've got to get to Mitch and Displains. Taking your calls on favorite memories with your own dad here on ESPN 1000. Happy Father's Day. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is uh, boy, I tell you something. If you have that kind of connection with your dad, you watch that scene every single time. Of course, Field of Dreams we're talking about. On Father's Day, happy Father's Day. This is ESPN 1000. Xander and Hanley, 312-332-3776. Mitch has been waiting patiently in displays, wants to jump on. Hey, Mitch, happy Father's Day. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for bringing me in after that. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, can you can you follow that? <laughs> anyway, I want to call. Uh, my dad was born in 1919. He was born legally blind. Wow. He uh, he grew up on North Lowell Avenue, but he had to go out to Sen High School because back in the day, you know, to have a visually impaired uh, uh, program, he had to go out okay. to Sen High School. A couple okay. three buses to get there. Anywho. Uh, he ran a 50-yard dash in 5.2 seconds. Wow. So the next day, he gets called out of class by the varsity track coach. He was a freshman, I believe, at the time. He gets called out of class by the varsity track coach. You know, hey, man, I want you on the team because, you know, for the, the 30s, you know, remember, 5.2 and a 50 would probably pretty be pretty good. You know, I yeah. did them, but did, did, did they, you know, time you with the, uh, you know, a sundial? <laughs> but of course, the way that I ran, they could have timed me with a sundial. I would have probably done like a 650 or something. <laughs> so he unfortunately was unable to participate because he had to go back home, you know, taking those two, three buses to get back mm. home. And then the second thing was uh, I was a varsity soccer player in high school. And by then, he was totally blind. And he said, let me get through this. The biggest disappointment was that I never got to see you play. Oh, man. So, anyway. Hey, Mitch, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the time, guys. Yeah, appreciate all the memories yeah. too, Mitch. Thanks. Thank you, thank you, Mitch and Displains. It's it's tough if your dad isn't around anymore, and uh, this is the day where you you remember stuff. I posted a picture of me and my dad on Facebook, and and after I posted it, it's like, oh boy. I mean, you know, for me, he's been gone twenty six years, and every year, 
you know, to remember, you know, you said you lost your dad about 20 years ago. So, yeah, right, you know, yeah. it's a it's it's a happy day and a sad day all at the same time when you're in our situation. And if you still have your dad around, enjoy every day you can because, Absolutely. you know, it doesn't last forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, think my dad left us at 69 and think about people live well into their 80s and get into yeah. their 90s now. I mean, way too young. Even my dad passed in, at 60. Yeah. Just. So, yeah, and, and, you know, you heard the emotion in Mitch's voice because, like I said, I just, I, you know, was listening to the leader of the band before the show, Tim, it's before, before the show. I'm like, well, that's just the dumbest thing I could have done today. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Seriously, I had a purpose on cutting that audio together for the show. <laughs> you just chose to do that. Yeah, which right. Is, <laughs> which is just really, really odd. Like, how can I put myself in such a weird mind space? Let me listen to this sad song. Well, yeah, and, you know, Dan Fogelberg, Dan Fogelberg, I think he left, he died when he was 56 or so. Well, yeah, he died very early, uh, Pride and Joy of Peoria, Illinois. Yeah, one of the, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, I saw, him, I saw him once at, at Navy Pier, at whatever that theater, I don't think it's there anymore, so later in his career. But, I mean, talk about the lyrics, uh, what a great, you know, a great writer, Dan Fogelberg. That, that yeah. song is just all about... It's it's a thank you note to his dad. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, today's the day. I will not be listening to that today. I am not going to be able to listen to that today. No, I can't listen to it anytime, really. But um, but I chose to do ten minutes before the show. Yeah, awesome. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's smart. That's Radio one hundred and one, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Three one two three three two three seven seven six. After we get uh, uh, past the break, we'll get back into baseball to hear some Sox audio. Uh, we thank Tyler for jumping in to talk about uh, NBA draft and uh, would like what, to, uh, wouldn't you like to best hear situation. Bulls fans, yeah, may, sure. who's your guy? Who, who do yeah, you like? Yeah. Who, who's and you know what Tyler, Tyler had to say? Is there somebody else that uh, should be in the mix? And Tyler said it, and it, they're in the land of mediocrity when you're sitting at 18, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a tough. It's it's great to find Io in the second round, and he's and he's you know a, a contributor already. But it's tough to say, okay, you, if we stay with that pick, who's the difference maker? Maybe you have a guy out there that we should know about, and you you want to share with us that yeah. you think he'll be there, and 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 there's reason to to believe that the Bulls should be paying attention. Yeah, we'll t- we'll take your calls and and like I said, we've got some audio to play from uh, yesterday. The White Sox, of course, the uh, Sox are taking on the Astros for Game Three in Houston, and uh, game time is six ten five thirty pregame with Connor McKnight here on ESPN One Thousand. We'll be right back to take your calls at three one two three three two three seven seven six. Back in two minutes with Xander and Hanley. <laughs> 